Welcome to the Wallaway. This is Imran Namawala, and I'm here with a old and good and dear friend, Sayed Amanullah, director of PB, uh, D- director of product management at PBS Education. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So, what do you do as the director of product management at PBS Education? So, as the director of product management, I'm responsible for the overall product development for all of the PBS Education digital products. And so, what that really means is um, PBS Education has one major product that that we have that's uh, for teachers for classroom use. That's called PBS Learning Media. So, it's it's really about um, crafting the overall strategy for PBS Learning Media and then managing the the day to day product development needs. And then, other than PBS Learning Media, we have a few other kind of you know smaller products and assets and then it's really any new product concepts that we develop as a team uh, for teachers that would be um, under my management I think in the last 10 years well let's say 10 years ago yeah um, I didn't really see many openings for product managers or yeah. po- product developers and now I feel like in different industries you'll find uh, openings in this field so what's happened in the job industry where we have, multiple different type of jobs and they're all yeah. requiring for you to have a product developer or manager. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I absolutely love that question because um, even for myself in my career, it's something that um, over the last five years I've gotten into and, and uh, really kind of dove into the discipline and and uh, have invested myself into becoming the best product manager that I can be. But ultimately, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a role that you really wouldn't see um, at, at every organization or every or every company. And it's a role that has it has been around product management traditionally um, has been a role that supports uh, physical products, right? So anything in terms of the overall sort of marketing, branding, positioning strategy for physical products. But in more recent years, um, especially kind of coming out of digital products and coming out of Silicon Valley, this role has come up, this discipline really has come up where um, if you think of the prototypical leaders of, of Silicon Valley, for the, for the most part, their their technical and their skill set and their acumen right um and so you have like the traditional programmers the the developers that are they're building these these amazing technologies but essentially um this discipline has kind of come up from kind of like to to balance between the the marketing the business strategy and the the day-to-day product development of that of that thing and it's really about um Who's the person that's that's driving the ship? You know, who's the one that's kind of thinking of um, the overall business strategy for a particular product and and the and the roadmap for how a product kind of needs to evolve? And so you've seen this role kind of come up and become uh, more popular or more prevalent in uh, in recent times because now in you know in in recent times every company has some kind of digital product. And when you have a digital product, you um, you want to have or you need to have um, a product manager that's managing the overall growth and evolution of that. Um, so it's an it's a non-technical role, but it's 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 a it's a role that kind of balances um, having a certain amount of technical um, know-how and a strong level of business uh, acumen. So you mentioned balancing uh, different skill sets or roles, and it's not a very technical role. But I listened to a podcast recently about why. Uh, product managers make good leaders. First of all, would you agree with that assessment? Absolutely. I, I think 
And I don't necessarily agree with, um, oftentimes you'll hear in, in some of the product podcasts where they refer to product management as, you know, the CEO of the product. And, and sometimes in startups when the team is small enough, yes, many times um, the CEO, if they're a product centric uh, person, um, those two roles can, can kind of overlap. But um, a product manager has to be a leader, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first and foremost, they have to have a sound understanding of um, where the product is today and where it uh, where it's going, where it needs to be, based on market trends, based on the overall organizational strategy. And in order to really do that, so it's, it's one thing to say, okay, I, I know where, my, where this product is going to be in, in five years, or I know what the market is going to allow us to do in three to five years. But it's another thing to really rally the troops, get everyone. So I say everyone, I mean the stakeholders. So for example, with PBS Learning Media, the, the, the platform that I manage, um, first of all, it's a joint partnership between PBS and our partner station in Boston, WGBH. Um, so we have uh, people on both sides of the organization working together. And then we have um, different teams that are all supporting this one product. We have content teams, we have marketing teams, we have technical support teams. So ultimately, um, the product manager has to be able to um, really kind of manage the expectations, the wishes, the desires, and the needs of all those different departments and stakeholders, and also the needs of the product itself. So it really takes a leader to be able to, number one, uh, create and communicate um, a strategy for the product and make sure that that's clear. There's a strong leadership uh, quality that's necessary for you to be able to do that. And then obviously managing stakeholders is, uh, is something that it, it takes a great leader to be able to understand the needs of, st of stakeholders and, and manage those relationships. And then also to be able to, um, to push back at times um, when, when there needs to be pushback based on research or based on uh, product intuition. So there's, there's, um, there's many instances where you, the product manager really has to lead and they have to lead with a, with a, with a vision. They have to lead by, um, by being a facilitator and a collaborator. So I would definitely agree that uh, product managers make uh, excellent leaders. You brought up teamwork, leadership, and PBS, and I definitely want to talk about PBS, uh, but I have one more question for you. Sure. In regards to products, uh, the development of products, I see that more and more uh, markets, more and more industries are, are, are getting focused on building products, even if they were not historically in the business of making a product. So, sure. for example, even where I work, mm -hmm. we have built a lot of digital products. How do you see this field um, evolving or growing, and what is so alluring about developing uh, uh, d digital products yeah. or just any type of product and yeah. also can you speak to the entrepreneurs about this yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so I think uh, you know whether it's existing organizations that haven't traditionally built their own products or entrepreneurs who have ideas I think it's actually the same uh, partially some of the same uh, reasons why um, you know these people uh, are diving into product development now versus in, in years past and it really has to be that there's um, there's a low barrier of entry there's not much that's that's stopping someone who has an idea from actually building that out um, and let, let me kind of give you an example even if, if an entrepreneur doesn't have a doesn't have the technical skill set to build a product themselves they just have an idea and there's a lot of people there's a lot of us that have these great ideas that come through our heads and we think hey like what do I do how can I actually build this out um, you know, let's say, um, you know, decades ago, if that was a, or even now, if it's a physical product, there's a certain amount of capital investment, there's a certain amount of 
um, maybe uh, equipment and things that you need to actually build out that physical uh, prototype, that physical product. Um, but in terms of digital, there's, 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 there's not much that really prevents you from, from building that out. You can very easily and efficiently and you know, relatively inexpensively um, find uh, talent, find people who, for example, have uh, developing, you know, developer skills, you know, so computer programmers, engineers, um, or design. You can find you know, freelancers that will kind of help you flesh something out and, and build it out. And you can actually build what we call a minimum viable products, like that first stage of a product. Um, you can build that at a very low fidelity and, and get it out to market and actually test. So that's the thing. You don't have to have this, you know, um, this, this full-fledged multi-million dollar product to, 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 to get it out to, to public. You can build something relatively, um, you know, minimal, and with you know relatively inexpensive and actually get it out to market and get real customers or real users to actually um, use it. I think that's the same thing that's attractive to both entrepreneurs and, and organizations. So in the past, maybe some organizations you know weren't in the business of building products, but um, because it's been, it's become you know relatively inexpensive and because there's value for each organization to have, a digital footprint to have digital assets kind of under their belt. Um, it makes sense for them to build it out. But then I would also caution that, you know, um, organizations have to think about sustainability, right? So if they're, if, if you're building something out, um, you do want to be able to think beyond the first year. You want to think about number one, how to build it in a way that it's going to last. So thinking about, you know, um, best practices in terms of development, um, using technologies that are going to be around that are sustainable, um, and then thinking about uh, business models that will drive sustainability. So it's also important for organizations to, to think about what's the life of this product after we build it. Um, as a product developer manager, so tell me if I'm correct. Yeah. A website can be a product. Yes. Videos can be products. Yes. Apps can be products. Yes. If you were to consult or if you were to advise someone who's working on any of these type of projects, mm -hmm. what are, because you just mentioned how easy it, it is to kind of build yeah. or how viable it could be and you can test and you can get data. Yeah. And also we're talking about sustainability. So what are some things, what are some do's or don'ts maybe yeah. of building products, whether it be videos, websites, yeah. or applications? So great question. I absolutely love this because ultimately because it's easy for entrepreneurs, individuals, organizations to build products, it also means there's a lot of products out there. Mm -hmm. um, there's oversaturation in the market. So what does that mean? That means that it could be difficult for you to get adoption on your future product. You have to think very, very strategically about, you know, um, about how you're going to get customers, how are you going to get users, and really focus in on you know, key uh, target uh, customer markets and, um, and really make sure that you're crafting your product with a marketing plan, with a distribution plan. So you have to think about those things early on um, because or else, you know, you're going to create something and, and nobody in the world knows about it and, um, and, and, and it could potentially fail. My bit of advice would be don't reinvent the wheel. Okay. Um, so with there being kind of, like I said, a lot of resources that are out there in terms of technical resources, that also applies to different tools and platforms and software as a service that you can use. So for example, you had mentioned video real, real quick. Let me just use that as an example. Um, for example, if you're building a, a product that revolves around video and you know playing video, distributing video, whatever it is, um, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to actually build out the mechanism that actually plays back the video. It already exists. Right. It already exists. Mm. Like go find out who does it and who does it really well and, and plug that into your system. There's, there's so much that you can do with existing parts. I think that's one of the, the biggest things for, for those that are kind of new entrepreneurs or new into product development to understand that a lot of product development isn't conceptualizing every single thing from scratch and building it from scratch. It's about understanding what, what exists out there in the market, who's doing it really well, um, and what you can and can't use, and you know, configuring those things together in, in a way that suits your product. Um, and then let me think, um, something else. I think that's a great point because right. a lot of people get caught up in innovating. Yeah. Innovation is good, right? Yeah. A good friend of mine says innovate or die. Mm-hmm. But I think when, when you, you kind of tend to go away from your strong points or what you do yeah. well, and you worry too much about creating these mechanisms when they already exist and they exist in cheap options, you're going away from what you've already done for many years. Yeah. And what you're good at. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great point to hone in on right there because ultimately, so if you're an entrepreneur and you have, you know, this, this idea for a startup, um, essentially you have one core idea. You have one unique idea that you're trying to bring to the market that you think is going to somehow disrupt the market. You think that this idea is not being um, implemented or executed right now and therefore there's an opportunity for you. So it doesn't make sense for you to get bogged down with, a lot of the things on the periphery, right? So some of the things that I was mentioning earlier in terms of like, if the the unique value of your idea is the content of the video itself, then it doesn't make sense for you to spend a lot of your time and energy um, around the, the video distribution or the, you know, the, the basic functionality of the, uh, of the website. You want to focus in on the core competency, on the, on the unique value proposition that you're presenting, right? And, 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 and make sure that, um, yeah, that the majority of your efforts are, are, are focused there and that you, um, you get that idea out to market quicker um, when, you, when you're not necessarily bogged down with all the other things. Let's shift a little bit to talking about working for PBS. Sure. Uh, You mentioned leadership and teamwork. And uh, as someone who has this background in leadership, I know how important it is to uh, work with uh, a team that believes in a shared vision, uh, agrees with the mission. So tell us a little bit about working for PBS, what it's been like. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with uh, PBS Education for for over two years now, and it's, it's, it's a type of uh, it's a type of organization that um, has, has a very strong mission. Um, so PBS education specifically, like our our strategic goals are to are to serve educators. But essentially, being a part of um, PBS Children's Media and Education is really about, in the end, serving the child, s- serving the students that, that are in the classrooms, and creating a world of opportunity for 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 kids. And so, being being a father of of three of three young kids um, is something that you know naturally you know aligns with me, and um, and also. PBS being a media organization that focuses on educational media, focuses on informative media. It's something that, you know, even prior to coming and working for PBS, I knew that, you know, my kids can can watch it and and learn. Um, and, and ultimately, everything that I've done at PBS over the last couple of years has just kind of reaffirmed the, that faith that I have in the, in the content and the products that we build in that they are educational and beneficial to, 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 to consumers. So, so I think the reason, one of the reasons why um, I, I personally love the work that I do at PBS is not only because 
I believe in the mission. I believe in the work that we're doing. So for example, PBS Learning Media, um, it has thousands of resources. So let me actually take a step back and explain what Learning Media is. So um, imagine that you're watching this amazing uh, frontline documentary, right? You're a teacher, you're, you're a um, you know, ninth grade social studies teacher, and you're at home and you're watching this amazing uh, documentary on Frontline and, and you're just thinking to yourself like, wow, I really want my students, like this is perfect to use in, the, in, in my class, but my students would benefit so much from this clip. Um, and that documentary might be two hours long or what have you. How do you get that into the classroom? Um, so PBS, what PBS Learning Media does is we take that high quality PBS content and we break it down into smaller chunks. So there might be a five minute clip from that documentary that we pull out and, and then we, we don't just give you just the clip. We actually align it to state and national educational standards. So you know, especially if there are certain you know, um, standards that you have to hit for requirements, you know which standards it aligns to uh, at the state level and at the national level. And then on top of that, we, we give you support materials for you to actually use that and create a lesson out of it. So it, what started off as a six minute clip from a frontline documentary now comes with a full-fledged lesson plan, discussion questions for the students, maybe even a handout that you send home to parents, whatever. We, we actually um, take the time to take the media itself and add contextualized value through the standards alignment and through support materials. Mm. And then on top of that, um, through the platform itself, you can actually create an assignment out of that video clip. Um, you can create a quiz out of it, you can create a puzzle, and you can actually distribute it directly to your students on our platform. So then you can see when your students have watched that clip, like let's say you're not necessarily showing it in, in the classroom itself, you're sending it home, or you know, um, students have to watch it on their own time. You can actually distribute that as homework. Your students um, will, you know, will be able to view it and, and do their assignment, and you can actually tra track the results of those assignments. And then multiply that you know, um, at, a, at a great scale, and, and you see what PBS Learning Media, um, yeah, what PBS Learning Media offers. So, um, I think what, what, what really makes, uh, my job satisfying is the fact that we're taking that value, we're taking that value of, uh, of PBS content and we're giving it away for free. There's no charge for that. Every single teacher across the country can, can use PBS learning media, um, can use all that content in their classroom. So I know that, um, that my work is, is driving real value um, in, in the classroom. And so, and so that's incredibly important, just to first have that mission alignment, uh, that calibration, even you know, for, for myself personally. But then also the way that our organization works. Um, PBS is a very um, collaborative, uh, positive uh, culture, a very um, strong culture of, of empowerment where, you know, um, where people in our organization are, are championed for, for, for their expertise and, and recognized and also given the opportunity to, to take on like a variety of responsibilities. You know, there's no like cookie cutter roles in terms of like what you can and can't do. Um, ultimately, 
I think the way that our organization works is there's, there's so much good to be done. There's so much that we want to do where it's really just kind of like uh, all hands on deck. You know, we, um, it's a team effort and we want, um, you know, as many as many people working on on, on projects collaboratively as, as possible. So it really drives, I think, the best work um, out of everyone on the individual level because you know that your individual work is recognized. You know that you're also sitting at a table with really, really talented people who all believe believe in the same mission as you and have, you know, similar work ethic. And at the end of the day, um, you know that the work that you do together is going to have an impact in the real world. So I think these are the things that really kind of set um, set PBS apart. And it's it's really a part of, I think it's uh, in line with um, just how PBS is known and understood across the country. It's the, mo- it's the most trusted media brand um, in the entire country. And it, and, it, and it really starts, you know, with the, with the mission, but then it also translates to, um, to the teams. So, you know, I want to focus in on that because, you know, when you mentioned the, 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 the learning portal or the system for teachers and students, right? Yeah. So you have a product now, if we talk about it from a product management or development side, yeah. you have this amazing product. And you have a organization which stands for amazing values, is mission, vision, and people-driven, right? Mm -hmm. What I want to focus in on, especially for the young entrepreneurs and leaders out there, is that in order to achieve such results, you really, as you mentioned, you need all hands on deck. And you need people who have competencies in in multiple different skill sets. But then you need to be able to trust them, right? And you're able to trust when you see the work ethic come through and you see the fact that you can rely on them. So... Zone in on the fact that in order for people to build amazing products, mm. to build amazing teams, to have uh, values that transcend just business and ratings, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, these 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 products are mostly given for free. Yeah, what is what is needed at the core level? What do you need in in, in a summarized version? Yeah. to achieve results and a, and a reputation like this. Yeah, absolutely. So so I think it's interesting because you had mentioned team in there, and it, I think team is the critical component. Um, ultimately, you have to understand that um, there's only so much that you can do alone. So if it's like a, a single entrepreneur with, with one idea, there's going to be limitations uh, to what you can do. Um, so it's really, really important to build a team. And I think Steve Jobs, you know, he, he said something like, you know, you, you hire the smart, the smartest people, and then get out of their way, right? It's it's, it's something to, to that extent. Um, even when when you're building a team and when you're working together on a team, meaning that know the value that each person brings to the table, empower them to be able to contribute based on their expertise and skill set, um, and then know that what you guys are collaboratively doing, um, like no one can do it alone. You know the. Um, what is it? The sum of what is it? The sum, the of, sum of the parts is better than exactly. <laughs> sum of the parts is is greater than yeah. the single part or something like that. So um, remember that it takes a team effort to build a product. Uh, even though uh, earlier I mentioned um, that that it's easier uh, to build products, you know, these days. Um, but it's still products themselves are are um, are multifaceted, are are, are robust. So you want to make sure that. Um, you're thinking through functionality, you're thinking through design, you're thinking through business strategy, you're thinking through, um, you know, specific workflows and user experience. And so uh, you get to a point where that definitely cannot be done by, by one, one person, person alone. So it's, it's really, really important to, to have a team that's empowered to contribute, you know, their, uh, their individual expertise. But I mean, it seems like then that the product manager is a true definition of a leader, someone who empowers others, someone who kind of gets a, 
uh, general oversight of these things, knowing that, look, people need to be empowered. People need to be given freedom. Yeah. And I'm, I'm by myself not going to be able to achieve a lot. Yeah. And it also seems like a product manager is a jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's an interesting uh, role because at the onset, there's a lot of responsibility on the product manager to be able to communicate a vision that the team can believe in, right? So if you're that uh, entrepreneur or product manager who's working on you know a relatively new idea, and if you're cultivating a team, a team of designers and developers and marketers and content creators or whatever it is. Um, First and foremost, you need to make sure that you're communicating a vision that they all understand. Because if there's any holes or gaps in, in that understanding, it's going to show up. It's going to show up in your product. It's going to show up in your content. So you have to make sure at the very onset that, that you're leading with a very sound vision and strategy. Because ultimately, uh, people want to work on something that they know or that they believe is going to be successful and impactful, mm. right? And the way in those early stages, the way that they kind of understand whether it's going to be impactful or, su or successful is based on how the product manager is is uh, communicating the strategy, communicating the market opportunity, communicating um, the, the, the vision and the mission of the product itself, that really kind of galvanizes the team around, uh, you know, very concrete goals um, and, and a shared mission. So that's, that's the first thing. And then ultimately, that is a dynamic process. It's something that you manage that throughout the life cycle of that product. So day in and day out, there's kind of uh, like ebbs and flows in terms of the emotions of different team members, um, in terms of the contribution of different team members. So it's something you have to consistently and constantly readdress with the team. Um, you have to manage different viewpoints in light of the strategy that's been established and in light of research, in light of um, your understanding of the market, in, in light of um, maybe the, the particular roadmap that you've created for the product. So it definitely takes a leader to be able to, to not only um, manage the different personalities and their understandings and making sure that everyone is kind of, um, you know, feeling good about the direction, but then also um, their individual um, input and feedback. And you want to empower them sure. to, to, to be able to contribute their ideas. So you want to make sure that the idea itself is something that's flexible enough to take on um, and grow it's along. It's a shared idea. Absolutely. So they feel ownership of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. It has to be a shared idea. It had, um, the individual team members really, really have to feel vested in it. They have to feel ownership of the idea. And that's when you're going to get the best out of them. That's when you're going to get um, their best ideas. And so it's important that that you do everything you can to to empower them um, in, their, um, in their specific roles. And then um, if... If for any reason, you know, you have to uh, kind of right the ship or take any sort of corrective measures, you want to also make sure that the team trusts you to be able to do that, trusts and respects you to be able to do that. So definitely a lot of leadership qualities that are, that are involved there. Uh, because we're almost out of time, what call to action or what advice do you have for aspiring product managers, product developers, what, yeah. what, what advice could you give them in the next minute or two? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, and this is the advice I give, um, you know, a lot of people, um, because I'm in the education technology field, um, you know, I often talk to teachers or former teachers um, uh, who have spent time in the classroom and they, they've seen some of the challenges in the classroom and now they actually want to develop the solutions to solve those uh, problems in the classroom. So they want to get into to product or entrepreneurship. Um, and essentially the advice I give them is just get started. 
Um, don't wait. Uh, if you have an idea or if, if you have a particular problem that you want to solve, get started on trying to solve that problem. Um, so even if that means, um, you know, just carving out an hour every single day, uh, to, to set aside for you to do some problem solving, for you to do some design thinking, for you to talk you know, amongst uh, your peers and kind of validate uh, maybe your idea. Yeah, and kind of get, get, get started. And essentially that leads into, I think, um, or connects with what we mentioned earlier in terms of it's, uh, because it's relatively easy for, for people to, um, to spend a little bit of money and a little bit of time and build something out build it out. Like if you have an idea, get started and, and, and build it, um, because you're going to learn a lot from the process. Ultimately, uh, you'll be able to hopefully kind of validate or invalidate, uh, any, uh, any idea that, that you had. Um, and also you're going to, you're going to, through that process, uh, develop or, um, or understand what skill set is necessary for you to, for example, make a career shift and get into product development or get into product management, because the best way to learn is actually to do it yourself. So if we want to follow you online, what's your social, what's your Facebook username? I mean, how do we, how do people find out? Because I, I follow you. I get some of your LinkedIn articles. and Yeah, so, so great point. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can find me um, on LinkedIn. Um, so it's uh, Syed Amanullah. And then uh, also on Twitter, it's the same thing. So it's at uh, Syed Amanullah, S-Y-E-D-A-M-A-A-N-U-L-L-A-H. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you back on the show uh, in the future. Thank you for having me. It's been Thank a blast. Thank you so much.